0: Good morning. Glad you can join us. As you can see, I am at the church. The state of Colorado has given a shelter in place order, but the governor is allowing pastors to stream their messages from the church building. Which means the government believes that I'm essential for 30 minutes a week. I mean, talk about having it made, right? So shelter in place, here we are. I mean, this this is all quite new all these new things. And and when you're sheltering in place, what you're looking for is somewhere where you can have all the things that you need and somewhere to be safe from whatever you're sheltering from. You want to be sheltered in a place where you're resourced and protected, a place where you get covering and comfort. And today I want to talk about this. I want to talk about sheltering in place. I want to tell you about a place that you can be fully resourced and comforted through this very difficult time. You know, deep in the Old Testament, there's a name for God I want to discuss with you today. And the name is this, Yahweh Makase, And it means, the Lord is my shelter. I'm going to be preaching today from one of the most read chapters in my entire Bible. It's a chapter that's given me comfort through many years. And if you go to my personal Bible and you hold it on its side, you'll see a line down the middle. And it's the oil from my fingers finding this chapter day after day. It's Psalm 91, and many of you are familiar with it. Don't tune out if you are. Some of you may not be familiar with it. But for whatever you're tuning in for today, I want to give you a word of of hope and inspiration, but also a challenge, because we're going to need to mature in in depth in our faith in the coming days and weeks, perhaps months. So for many reasons, I would read Psalm 91 daily. When When I was in my 20s, I got sick and I was diagnosed with a disease called Wegener's disease. And I still remember that day as clear as as this moment right now. And I went home and I did what what any good normal person does, right? You, you go on WebMD and you look up what it is you have because that's always a great way to ruin your day. I mean you might go to WebMD with a little you know, crick in your neck and you come out with some radioactive lupus super cancer that you never even knew existed. So I had Wegener's disease. It's, it's an autoimmune disease that's, that's lethal, no cure, and the medicine they were going to give me to pro- prolong my life would, would, it was so potent, it would distort my, my physical self and my personality. And, and I remember a moment on the show House, remember that that show Dr. House? Years later, they had a whole episode where, where House talked about this disease. And so if you have a disease and Dr. House is the only one that can help you, you know you're in uncharted waters. And so it was in those days I started reading Psalm 91. And I read it and I read it and I poured it into my heart and I poured my heart into it. And, and months later, um, Blessings to me, I was, I was, got a different diagnosis, and an autoimmune kidney disorder that I still have that's far less aggressive than, than the dreaded Wegener's disease. But from there, I didn't stop reading Psalm 91. I found myself turning to it, and, and through relational breakdown, and through seasons of life where things were falling apart, and when my dreams were crushed, Psalm 91 has been with me through many dark valleys. Psalm 91 is so ingrained in my spirit that I keep going there, over and over it's become a part of my spiritual dna and and throughout the years throughout all my wounds and struggles summits and valleys i turn to psalm 91 so i want to talk about that today it's it's strangely it, it it's about sheltering in place and so we're going to read some of it today and break it down a little bit so psalm 91 it says this starts with this whoever and that's good it's good to start that way because whoever that means that you're included whoever, we're all qualified for this. This chapter has an offer that's for you. Whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest, sleep through the night in the shadow of the Almighty. You know, one thing that jumps off this page to me right away is, is this, is this proximity. The offer here is for anyone, but the blessing is for those it's reserved for those who are, who are close, who are in close proximity to God. Their nearness matters. You see, most often we have um, seasons of closeness with God, but we get distracted or tempted or life happens and we, we wander. But to dwell in the shelter. This is for those who make God's presence a place that they, they seek to stay in. This is for those whose, whose souls shelter in place season after season. Close, so close that you're in the shadow of the Almighty. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he is my shelter. A shelter, a refuge that you run to, a safe place. Think of the animals. I mean, like the birds, they'll fly to their nests and the rabbits go to their burrows. And everyone, everything flees to its own refuge when danger hits. And unfortunately, in times of trouble, we often find refuge in places that don't build us, they don't protect us, and they don't give us life. During crisis, many people shelter in places that weaken faith, that drain our resilience, or that exhaust our hearts. And so, I don't know where you've been sheltering physically, probably now on your couch, but where's your soul and heart been sheltering through this? Because oftentimes fear and anger, we shelter in the news, we shelter in depression or work or entertainment or, or vice or fantasy. You know, we're going to shelter our heart and soul somewhere. The location is vital and proximity to God's presence seems to have a huge impact. Verse 2, I will say of the Lord, he's my refuge and he is my fortress. Now a fortress, this gives us a picture of a, a, a mountain castle, a high stronghold it's an inaccessible place that God is a fortress for your heart. And if God is my fortress, then my heart is inaccessible to panic and worry. He is my, fir- my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. And there's so many themes here. I mean, he's, he's my refuge, he's my fortress, he's my God in whom I trust. And that's, that's where I have confidence in him. I'm secure, I feel safe in him. This ancient word for trust also translates roughly to pile on someone's back, which would mean we would cast our cares on the back of someone else. And in 1 Peter 5, 7, it says this, Cast all your anxiety on God because He cares for you. And so right now, many of us are carrying just a heavy burden of anxiety and worry about the future. And if we continue that, it's going to exhaust us. Wear us down. And Psalm 91 declares that God is a shelter in place for your heart and soul, a high fortress that you can trust and you can cast your anxieties and your worries on him. There's a beauty and symmetry to these first two verses. We've been given four locations, four places to shelter in place. Shelter, under his shadow, refuge, a fortress, And in verse 3, it goes on, surely God will save you from the fowler's snare. The fowler is a trapper who likes to set a snare or a trap to to get you and then consume you. And this is a great analogy for our enemy, Satan, who, who sets up snares in life ahead of us that he believes will be effective against you, speculations and fear. The speculations are those what ifs. What if this happens? What if this happens? Or, or fantasy, pornography, or, or in the stress of all this, we just dive deeper into the vices that so easily entangle us. He said, surely God will save you from the fowler's snare and from the deadly pestilence. And that line right there is one that in my past, I have prayed a whole lot. And, and now I'm praying it with a new fervor. And I'm praying it for you as well. In the next verse, we get some more of this imagery it says, and I love this, verse four, God will cover you with his feathers and under his wings, you will find refuge. I love this image that God gives us of himself, that, that, we're a, that he will cover us with his feathers and under his wings, we find refuge. This, this illustrates the, the character and nature of God. And he's portrayed as this fiercely protective mother hen guarding her babies. I watched a video when I was working on this and I was pretty moved by it, surprisingly so. It's a video of this this mother hen outside exposed in a storm. And she is soaking wet, I mean just drenched and it is coming down and there is wind and it's cold. And and she was standing against the storm with her wings open and under them were her babies and and they were helpless. I, I bet they were scared but they were also dry and safe and warm. The mother took the brunt of the storm so that her children didn't have to. She was standing there enduring the suffering for her children. And that's what God is giving us an invitation to, to to shelter in place under His presence, under His wings. We, We know in a new way now that we have a great need for God. We didn't know that in a month ago. We have a new understanding of how much we need Him. And this verse shows us His great love for us as we can shelter under His protection. He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. God's faithfulness, that's his reliability, his stability, God's faithfulness will be your shield. And this is referring to a large shield variety that could cover the whole of a soldier, his his whole body. And then it also says he will be your shield, and God is also our rampart. And that's a buckler, it's a small shield to quickly move uh, if there's an incoming threat. And so whether the attack is is full scale and, and needs a large shield, or whether it's a swift defense. God is faithful. His faithfulness is there in both of those. And many people believe that Moses actually wrote this psalm. And the next two, two verses might give some credence to that because at one point in Moses's life, there were plagues that infected a whole nation. And the final one went through the whole city there on Passover. Everyone was in their own home, sheltering in place as the plague went through. I mean, we don't have to imagine the fear. That's how we're living right now. And it says this, You won't fear the terror of the night. You won't fear, fear the arrow that flies by day. And the word for arrow here can mean calamity. You won't fear the, the terror at night, won't keep you awake, or the calamity during the daytime. You won't fear the pestilence that stalks in the darkness or the plague that destroys at noon. I mean, notice the, the references to the times of day and night. Night, day, darkness, and noon. In other words, God's presence over those who are close to him, it never sleeps. It never ceases. The enemy can't sneak up on you without God's knowledge because regardless of the time, he's present. Remember why he's so present? Well, go back and read the first two verses referring to the person who's chosen to to move close and move near to God the person who's making God their refuge, who's sheltering in place under his protection. Continuing to think of Moses pinning this ancient verse to the Hebrews, they were under slavery before God rescued them. And so he continues, he says um, that you will watch and God will set you free from your oppressors. It says a thousand may fall at your side and and 10,000 may fall at your right hand, but it will not come near you. You will only observe with your eyes the punishment of the guilty. Now, the voice changes here a bit moving forward. And the next one comes with a condition. It says this in verse 9 If you say, The Lord is my refuge, I mean, if you declare that He is your soul's shelter, if you declare that you're making the Most High your dwelling, That's a a huge part of that. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and you make the most high your dwelling. Now, one thing to see here is that he's speaking about both something coming out of your mouth and something coming out of your life, what you say and how you behave. If you say, the Lord is my refuge, and if you make the most high your dwelling, speak it and act on it. Walk it like I talk it. You know what I'm saying? How many of us are great at saying, oh, yeah, I'm a Christian. I go to church I believe in God, but our behavior reveals something different. This ancient invitation is calling us to start speaking about how God is our refuge, that he's the source for our life and our peace, and to start intentionally pursuing God and living in him and for him. And so what does it mean to make the most high your dwelling? That means your faith, your hope, your your confidence, your peace, your life, all of you is his. His that you offer it up and say, I am in your, this is yours. My life will dwell in you. You're living in him and you're living for him. Because here's a truth that many of us have gotten a crash course on this past week. You see, whatever we've chosen to put our hope in, that's your dwelling. And if my trust was in my finances, then my dwelling has been shaken this week in a, a brand new way. If my faith was in my life being easy, for the most part here in America, right, then my dwelling was more like that little pig who built his house out of straw when the wind comes. If my trust was in my own ability to to control a situation, then my dwelling is cracking as I am facing new realities that are showing me that I'm not as in control as I thought I was. Listen, whatever our confidence was in, whatever your hope was in, it's probably gotten rocked in the past week. And if anxiety and stress and and worry about the future are constantly with you, it's evidence that your heart has been sheltering somewhere else. Yet if, if, if God is your soul's dwelling place, if He is where your confidence and your hope and your trust come from, you know, you know what that peace is like. You know that that confidence, that no matter what happens, He's good and He's with you. And even if, the worst, even if the worst happens, that you're with Him. You see, where your faith shelters in place makes all the difference on days like this. And if my faith has been sheltering in the stock market, or my bank account, or my American dream, or anything else that's been shaken. The good news is you can still run to a refuge that is unshakable, which is why it's a good idea to start sinking our hearts and our souls and our minds in verses like this. We go back to those first verses about getting close in proximity, nearness, pursuing, being intentional to seek God's presence. So reread in Psalm 91, Reread it after this and let its truth get into your spiritual marrow. Next, the psalmist tells us that if we speak and act, that God is our refuge and our dwelling. It says, "Then, Then no harm will overtake you. No disaster will come near your home. For God will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. They will lift you up on their hands so that you won't strike your foot against a stone. You won't even stub your toe. You'll tread on the lion and the cobra. You'll trample the great lion and the serpent. Because, he, because you love me, says the Lord, I will rescue you. Now those last verses are full of benefits. And they say things like no harm and no disaster will come in your life. Like, is, is this to mean that if we simply trust God enough, if we simply love Him enough, like we're not even going to stub our toe? There, there's a belief out there that's pretty common It's very common, and it's also very contagious. And it's this, if I'm really loving God, then really bad things will happen to me. And many who believe this also see the opposite to be true, that if if something really bad is happening to me, I I must not be really loving God like I should. We should be suspicious of interpreting Psalm 91 that way. And, And Tim Keller expertly puts it this way. He says, if you're ever really, really, really wanting a verse to mean one thing, then be very suspicious if you discover that it does. (laughs) If you really want a verse to mean something specific for you, then be suspicious of yourself. Do some more reading. Get some context. Do some research. I mean, we won't find God's truth if we read the Bible with confirmation bias. That's gone really poorly for the church in the past. Because if you read the Bible, you know that Psalm 91 isn't saying bad things won't happen to you. If you just love God enough, then you'll never get sick or stub your toe. I mean, read the book of Job. Job's a godly man who loves God deeply and he suffers. And guess what? His friends show up to comfort him. Great friends. And you know what they believe? They believe this interpretation of Psalm 91 that says, if you really love God, Job, then these things wouldn't happen. And then God shows up and he speaks to those friends. And he says, he tells them, you have not spoken truth about me. I mean, God says to people who believe, if bad things happen to you, you're not trusting God enough. And if you love and trust God enough, then bad things won't happen. God responds, you don't know the truth about me. There's another reason not to believe this interpretation. And it's because Satan wants you to believe that if you only love God enough, bad things will happen to you. He mainly wants you to believe this because bad things are going to happen in life. And when they do, if, if, if you believe this, then your faith is going to fail you. Did you know that the devil quotes Scripture in the Bible? He's tempting Jesus, and he he quotes the Bible. And guess which Scripture the devil quotes? Psalm 91. In Luke 4, he's tempting Jesus, and they're on top of the temple, and he says, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down down from here, for it's written in the Bible, Jesus that he will command his angels concerning you to guard you carefully. They'll lift you up on their hands and you will not strike your foot against the stone. The devil uses this very passage to tempt Jesus. You see, Jesus had suffering ahead of him and the enemy wanted Jesus to avoid that. If Jesus doesn't go to the cross and suffer, things are a lot different. But suffering, hardship are unavoidable. Jesus knew that and rebuked that line of thinking. So when I find myself believing if I love God enough, bad things won't happen, I'm actually not aligning with God. I'm aligning my faith with something much darker. Because the truth of the Bible is that, that, that real people go through real hardship. It's all throughout the Bible. And guess what? I'm glad because guess what we face? Hardship. suffering. In John 16, Jesus tells his closest followers who love him the most, he says, in this life, you're going to have trouble. I mean, if loving God means bad things won't happen, why would Jesus promise his closest followers a life of trouble? Because trouble is part of life. Hardship happens. I mean, look what we find ourselves in right now. In Psalm 91, 15 God says something that brings it all together. He's talking about the person who loves him and who shelters in place in God's presence. And he says, you will call on me and I'll answer you. I will be with you in trouble. You see, he doesn't promise no trouble. He promises to be present in it. If you're human, you've gone through hard seasons. You're going through one now you've been through bad breakups and, and any number of other things that life has thrown your way and now here we are in a pandemic. And, but the glory is that if you're in close proximity with God, He's a refuge for your heart. That in crisis, I can shelter in place in the shadow of God's presence. And in that shadow is peace and a resource of joy and grace and resilience and perseverance and perseverance and my faith grows stronger through it. There's one more thing here for us in verse 4. I'm going to go back up to it. Remember verse 4 was that one that says, He will cover you with his feathers, and under his wings you will find refuge. And remember that hymn that I described as I watched that video. She's standing there with their wings out. She's standing there exposed while her chicks are sheltered. Do you know that the mother hen will do that even if it costs her her own life? You see, when the hail comes down, she endures it. She endures the suffering. She endures the pain. And sometimes it costs her her life. Why? To shelter her children. When the predator comes, she will give up her life for those that she loves. And this is the final point. You see, Jesus came in human form. Divinity became vulnerable because life brings trouble, but there was something far greater that threatened us. And that was a life without God. And that was a life without salvation. And so Jesus came to redeem us, to rescue us. He came as a human, and it says that at the end, he was, he was beaten, he was tortured. He was tortured. He was dragged to a hill for execution and he was nailed to a cross and he was, he was raised up, crucified. Now Jesus' par- power was, un, un, it was unparalleled. He could have gotten down off that cross. The nails didn't hold Jesus to the cross. His love for you did. And just like that mother hen, he, he was there exposed. And in anguish, enduring the pain, he took the suffering upon himself so that those who would come under the wings of his spread arms would find their souls forever saved, transformed, loved. The offer of Jesus in Psalm 91 is this. Come near to God. Shelter in place under the outstretched arms of Jesus' sacrifice. Find refuge in His love. Find peace under His wings in this time. And so how do we do this? How do you shelter in place under God's presence? That's a good question. And if you're watching this, I want to talk to two people. In the first group, if you're watching this and, and you don't know if you've ever asked Jesus to be a refuge, you don't know if this whole, if he's my savior kind of thing, you don't have that figured out. But if you'd like to, you can pray to come under his wings of sacrifice for the protection of your heart and soul, for the forgiveness of your past, for peace in your present, and for hope in your future eternally and tomorrow. And so if that's you, if, if you want to begin to shelter in place in the presence of God, this is the first step. It's praying this prayer. And so wherever you are, if this, I want you to pray this prayer if you want to um, put your faith in Jesus and come on under his shelter. Pray with me. Jesus, I need you. I want a shelter in your presence. I know that you died, and I believe you rose again. I give you my life. Fill me right now with your Holy Spirit. Save me. In Jesus' name, amen. For those of you who know Jesus and who follow Jesus, how do you shelter in God's presence? I'm going to ask you, are you reading his word? Maybe you don't know where to start or how to begin. Starting tomorrow on Monday, we're going to begin a church-wide Bible study in our Facebook group and on YouTube. And each day a different teacher will lead us through a 10 to 15 minute study through the book of Colossians. I want you to join us live if you can. We'll put out that information or you can engage the video later that day. I would encourage you to do this because we're gonna be teaching you a method of reading and studying and applying God's Word into your life. Dwelling in His wisdom, dwelling in His love, accepting His challenges and and sheltering under His peace, you'll learn to pray God's Word into your life. And also, begin to pray more. And and not the Santa Claus kind of list, kind of prayers, like, I want this and this and this and this and this, and get me out of this. Begin to talk out loud to God in a conversational way. Like, tell Him how you feel. Tell Him what you need. Tell Him what you feel about Him. And, and, and And then listen. You know, relationship is two ways. And did you know that the God of the universe loves you? Loves you so much He sent his son, but he also wants to speak to you. So if you're a believer, if you're a follower, I want you to start with this prayer. I want you to pray this with me. Jesus, my savior, I need you now. I want to pursue you. And so I confess my sin and I recommit my heart to you. Put your hands out. Holy Spirit, fill me now in a greater way. Fill me, baptize me, empower me. Father God, cover me in your wings through this crisis. Grant me your peace. Amen. If you be looking for our Bible studies to start tomorrow, I would, I would encourage you to dive into that every day. Get into Colossians with our team. What could happen is on the other side of this, you may know how to study, read, and apply God's word in a whole new way. And our faith will be stronger as we go through this valley. Next week, we're going to be going deeper into the challenge because we need to strengthen our faith. I mean, we need to deepen our roots and strengthen our faith in the face of crisis. And so I look forward to seeing you next week. Orchard, I love you. Those tuning in from other places of the nation and country, I love you. We're praying for you. We'll see you next week.